What's going on, everyone? This is Eric Dean over at Mile High Sports, here for another special edition episode of Hockey Mountain High, your go-to avalanche podcast. It's about 1 p.m. here. It's Thursday, May 19th. The Avalanche are getting ready for game two of the second round against the St. Louis Blues. We just wrapped up morning skate at Ball Arena, and I headed over to the Mile High Sports studio for this special episode. I'm going to be joined here by a guest. It'll just be me today, riding solo with a guest named Steve Mayer. Steve is the chief content officer and the senior executive vice producer, vice president Sorry for the NHL. He's been with the league for about seven years, and he has been the executive producer for a number of NHL events. So think the NHL Winter Classic, the NHL All-Star Game, Stadium Series, the Heritage Classic that takes uh, takes place mostly in Canada, NHL Awards, NHL Draft, uh, all these you know cool events that the NHL has. He's also been the man behind booking a lot of the top talent for NHL events. So Drake and Keith Urban and John Legend and Green Day and Lil Nas and, and, and Imagine Dragons and Luke Bryan and Snoop Dogg. He's been instrumental in a lot of these things. And we're going to be here today to talk about something that the NHL has been doing now for a few years, and it's the quest for the Stanley Cup docuseries. So the quest for the Stanley Cup docuseries is uh, a show that happens during the Stanley Cup playoffs. It has been going on now for a number of years, and it airs every Friday starting May 27th at 2 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN Plus in the U.S. and YouTube.com slash NHL in Canada. So they will be releasing the first episode. The first one will be premiering on Friday, May 20th. May 20th, sorry, at 6 p.m. Eastern time on NHL Network, and that will be recapping the first round. Teams featured in the series for the first time are going to be the Florida Panthers, the Calgary Flames, the Edmonton Oilers, and the New York Rangers. The Avalanche, however, have been on this for the last four years in a row, 2019, 2021, and 22. The only team that has been featured more is obviously the Tampa Bay Lightning, the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions. They are obviously on the 2022 version as well, playing the, t- the Toronto Maple Leafs in round one. We're going to hear a lot about that on uh, the docuseries and see the behind-the-scenes look of that series. They were obviously paramount in 21 and 20, the two years they won the Cup, as well as 2018 and 2016 when they made deeper runs. So I'm going to have Steve Mayer join us here in just a little bit. I hope you enjoy this. It's going to be a quick recording, just a nice conversation with Steve about that. We'll probably get into some details about the uh, stadium series and the outdoor games that the Avalanche have have taken part in, even the one at Lake Tahoe. I'll see if uh, we can get some information about that, as well as the two outdoor games that Colorado has hosted here, the one at Air Force Academy shortly before the uh, COVID shutdowns of February 2020, as well as the outdoor game against the Detroit Red Wings at Coors Field back in 2016. So I'm going to be joined here by Steve in just a little bit. I hope you guys enjoy the interview and uh, keep on listening and keep on keeping on with this playoff run. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you. All right, and as promised now, we have Steve Mayer, the Chief Content Officer and Senior Executive Vice President for the NHL here on the phone line. Uh, like I said before calling him in, Steve has been with the NHL uh, since, I believe, 2015 now for about seven years and has been working behind the scenes and is instrumental in a number of the NHL events, uh, the All-Star Game, the Entry Draft, Winter Classic, Stadium Series, even the return to play in 2020 in the bubble where we saw 24 teams, including the Avs, partake in an extended playoffs nearly two years ago. Uh, obviously, we're here to discuss the NHL quest for the Stanley Cup docuseries. But first, Steve, thank you for joining us today. And just how are you doing? Well, thanks for having me. It's an exciting time of the year. Uh, I'm doing great. Uh, you know, this is it's awesome to see the fans back in buildings. And our playoffs are just, you know, I- incredible. And, you know, there's still so much intrigue. Where will we end up? Who's going to hold up the cup when it's all over at the end of June? Well, you know, this is a great time of year. Obviously, this is the first, uh, you know, full Stanley Cup playoff season or full NHL season and, you know, a, a regular 16-team Stanley Cup season with the regular format, the regular playoffs. How how good does it feel to be back to this, you know, for the first time since 2019? It's been It's been a whirlwind of a few years here. Yeah, no, it feels great. And, you know, I, I, I like to ask our fans that same question. You know, it's just, you know, it's nice to be back to some sort of normalcy. I mean, it's been a very difficult couple of years, um, you know, and forget about hockey, just in life in general. And, you know, and sports are that great release. Um, I think in many ways, sports helped us all get through, uh, the last couple of years because we were able to at least put games on and in, in the comfort of your own home for the most part, 
you know, fans were enjoying the NHL and other sports. Uh, but, you know, to, to have it back to the way it was, I think you just gained that appreciation uh, for for how good it is, and you know, and to see every single night the buildings filled, great playoff hockey, the energy in the building, the energy outside the building, everybody talking about hockey, you know, it, it's fantastic, and you know, it, it's good to be back, um, and you know, we're we're just happy that we we've been able to get essentially three seasons complete. Uh, and, and, you know, I think we're proud of that, uh, but we, we're also really proud that, you know, we're at a, a level right now, that an all-time high, and people are talking about the NHL, talking about the Stanley Cup playoffs, and, and we're, we're getting ready for quite a run in the next month or so. Yeah, for sure. And I think the last couple of years have been so stressful. I know for the NHL, for, for you yourself taking part in that 2020 return of play, you know, what, what kind of got everything back up and running after the March 2020 pause. But kind of something that I noticed is, is so game one of the Avalanche Blues series, Gary Bettman was here at Ball Arena in Denver and uh, us media, we got to speak to him before the game. And, you know, I've never talked to Gary Bettman before. I've never partook in a, in a press conference with him or asked him a question before. But something that I noticed that night on Tuesday was Gary felt a lot looser and just more appreciative for, for just, you know, the everyday life and, and, and being a lot more, uh, you know, he had a lot of more humor to him, just seemed like a very welcoming person. And I, I kind of feel like a lot of that has to do with the fact that the last couple of years have just been so hard on everybody that when you have a chance to sit and talk to someone kind of like this conversation, it just seems like you appreciate it a lot more. And, and, and I just kind of wanted to get your feedback on that. Just going through these last couple of years, just how it's changed your job, your mindset, you know, Gary Bettman, other people around the NHL. Well, I, well, I have said it, uh, you know, I think we've all grown to appreciate what we do. Uh, you know, and, and, you know, you, 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 you took things for granted in some ways before all this happened. And, and now nothing's for granted, you know, anything in your life, you know, you, you should appreciate it and, and savor it. And, you know, if you're a lover of the NHL, if you're a lover of, of, uh, sports, you know, you just you kind of sit back and realize like sort of where you're at and what you're doing and, and how much you love certain things. Um, you know, I think we all went through a lot, you know, it, it was difficult whether it was in this case, you know, we're talking about my job or all of our jobs at the NHL, you know, but we had a job to do and, and that was try to get through seasons and, you know, keep the product going, you know, uh, not, not always under great circumstances. Um, you know, a lot of teams losing money, but we wanted to keep, you know, the game alive and get through seasons that we knew needed to be completed because we knew that on the back end, you know, and once we would get through this, you know, I, I think everybody would come out appreciating it more, enjoying it, even more and, and we'd be a better league and a better product. And, you know, I think Gary, who, by the way, is such an amazing person. And sometimes our fans don't, don't see him in that way. I'm, I'm so happy that you described him as, you know, being loose and, you know, very conversational and, and he seems like he's just having a better time of it. You know, I, I think he's, he's, he's like that. That's, that's the kind of guy he is, but I think we've all recognized that, you know, we got through something and, and when we go to a game like he did the other night in Colorado, you can't help but smile and, and go, this is awesome. This is so cool. And the buildings are loud and the game is awesome. And, you know, we all appreciate it just so much more. And, you know, we, we did, everybody worked hard to get us to this point, but you know, there's still so much more to do. And, you know, we always are trying to grow and trying to get bigger and better. And, you know, it's just all part of what we do, but you know, we're, we're all here, you know, trying to have a good time while we're doing it. Uh, we, we've got a great sport. You got to pinch yourself every day that we work for the NHL and, and we're putting NHL product on the ice. Uh, but, you know, I, I think you're, you're seeing it firsthand 
as we've seen it throughout the entire pandemic and, and even before, the, the Gary leads by example, and, and you know his, his approach is not as serious as some people think it is. Yeah, for sure. So uh, I, I think it's really great to kind of see just how far we've come these last two years to, to think that we're, you know, in less than two months, there's going to be an NHL draft again, hosted live in Montreal, something that's been uh, kind of on the back burner for a couple of years now to kind of see all the different ways the NHL has made it through these COVID pauses. And I think it was really great to see that I, you know, if I'm not mistaken, the NHL and yourself and, 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 you know, the announcement from Gary Bettman for the return of play in 2020 was the first of the major sports leagues to actually have a plan in place to get going. And I thought it was executed very well to see that, you know, not much if any players sat out and not much if any players, uh, I think it was zero, zero tests, actually. Zero. zero. Yeah, that's zero. right. A couple of players yeah, opted I mean, out. But once you guys got to the bubbles, yeah. nobody, nobody dealt with anything. Yeah, listen, you know, um, I, I call it a, a minor miracle. I really do. <laughs> I mean, yeah. like, look what happened when we came back to play the last two seasons. I mean, look how many players got COVID and how many players and how many games we missed and how much rescheduling we had to do. And, and you know, yes, players were traveling freely and, they, you know, COVID was obviously out there. But it, it, when we were in the bubble, COVID was at its height. It's height. I mean, all of us who went to the bubble, I mean, that's the first time we were out of our house, let alone going to another city, uh, in months and months. And, and somehow, and again, minor miracle, you know, and yes, we were in fences and we were locked in, but we all stayed clean and negative test testing couple times a day. I mean, I remember going to after the bubble, going to the uh, hospital and walking in there, you had to get tested to even be seen at a hospital. And they asked me, Hey, so have you ever had a COVID test before? And I said, about 150 <laughs> yeah. of them. And they were like, what? <laughs> what? And, Ooh, yeah, and it was uh, yeah, who are you and what what problems do you – but, yeah, I mean, and the fact that none of us got sick and had COVID in the entire three months we were in the bubble, unbelievable. And then, you know, the teams just knew that they were there for a reason. And, and believe me, you know, we're going to get into quest for the cup, but I've never seen a quest for the cup like I saw firsthand in yeah. Edmonton. I mean, they were there to win the Stanley Cup under the worst circumstances in the world that's going on. And you might go, ah, that's trivial. Trivial. It's just like, oh, they're playing a game. But to watch players just generally play for the love of the game and, and the love of that prize at the end and work so hard and under the worst circumstances, no family, you know, a few restaurants, again, fences all around you. I, that's where you grew, or at least I did, to appreciate how important it is to these guys to win the ultimate prize. I mean, it is everything to them. It, they dream about it since they were little kids. And, you know, and they realize with every single round how close they were getting to that ultimate goal. Tampa Bay eventually won. But it was so cool to see it. In, in that environment, and, and it, for me, the, I always had appreciation of the sport and what it means to win the Stanley Cup, but n never more than that experience in Edmonton. I think the most uh, fascinating part of the fact that the Tampa Bay Lightning were able to win that Stanley Cup was the fact that, like you said, it was just under the most excruciating and and. and life-changing circumstances where a lot of people talk about that bubble and and you know even last season 2021 with a shortened season seeing a lot of teams have those uh covid pauses in their schedule the avalanche had two of them uh, a lot of people talk about those two years and especially 2020 as like an asterisk of a stanley cup and 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 i agree with them but not for the same reason that many people say where you know tampa bay won a, a silly year and a silly season I think Tampa Bay probably had to go through a lot more than past Stanley Cup champions to kind of have the mental willpower to get to where they got in that bubble just because we saw and we heard the stories of the players that 
you know, the longer they were there, the harder it was. And it truly was. And to see a team come out on top from that, it's, you know, to be at the top of the mountain and then have a short summer break and then come back in January 2021 and do it again just kind of is, is, is fascinating. You know, we're not a Tampa Bay Lightning show by any means here in Denver, but uh, I just think that they deserve a lot of uh, respect and applause for being able to do that. No, I, listen, I, you, hit, you hit it on the head. I mean, they that was hard. Uh, and then to turn around, to your point, and do it again, uh, it's quite an accomplishment. Um, you know, and... It it was it, it was a lot more difficult with every single round. In fact, the pressure and the stress on us, you know, it, it was fine for you know a couple of weeks, and then a couple more weeks, kind of okay. But then when you start to get into, you know, uh, more than a month in the same place, you know, the, a lot of their stress was directed at our events team and we need more variety of things to do and restaurants need to put more things on them. And like there were a lot of things that some of the things we could control and some things we just couldn't and protocols were at their height, height, you know, and we really, really were focused on one thing and that was to keep everybody healthy yeah. and keep them safe. And, you know, that was our number one priority. And then, you know, I think the hockey became everything because that's where they had their greatest and most enjoyable moments in the bubble was on the ice. And, you know, to come together as a team, which they did, you know, I thought it was awesome. And, you know, I also think a lot of other teams like learn from that experience, including the avalanche. And, and it's just also made them better. Those experiences in the bubble, I think taught a lot of teams about their team and, you know, there were a lot of life lessons learned throughout that whole experience. And, and I do think, you know, yes, there was one winner, but I think other teams also learn and, and, and it will help them, you know, whether it was last year, you know, it was things that they learned and, and that helped them through last season. But certainly this year and, you know, I, I, again, what an experience, something I'll never forget. And, um, you know, I, at the time, stressful and crazy but now that you look back at it what what a moment in time and and an experience i'll never forget yeah and we you know we've come a long way since then and we're going to move on from the covid stuff here in just a second but i just kind of wanted to add that like everything experience you know last season covering 20 30 whatever however many avalanche games it was before fans were allowed back in in an empty building was was a surreal moment something i'll never forget but i truly genuinely hope it's a once in a lifetime experience and uh one of the one of the most fascinating nights of my you know professional life and in, even life in general was the avalanche played the rangers here in denver at what was then called pepsi center at ball arena on march 11 2020 the night that the nba announced that Rudy Gobert had tested positive and everything spiraled. And I remember the just just the vibe of the arena that night. 18,000 fans was just so strange. And then the Avalanche ended up winning in overtime and the players talking afterward. It was the first time that we were, you know, taken away from locker room access. And there was this, you know, this barricade between us and the players when we were asking them questions. And Nobody really knew what was going on, but uh, we've come a long way since then and come a long way to this conversation and, and kind of the quest for the Stanley Cup and the docuseries that we're going to discuss here. Yeah, I know we've come, we have come a long way and we're not, we're not all the way back. You know, yeah. I think everybody needs to know that and, and clearly understands that. And, you know, we do have a, a little more than a month to go for this season. And, and again, we, we always just, you you want to get through it as safe as possible uh, but it, it does feel like we, we've headed in the right direction. And, uh, you know, again, it's, it's stories that we'll be able to tell for a lifetime, memories that you have about March 11th, that I have about the bubble, that the players have about particular games. It, with fans, without fans, just it's just so unique, so different. But, but you said it best. Oh, let's hope we never have to do it again. 100%. So the purpose of this conversation here with Steve is obviously the, uh, you know, to, first of all, to get to know Steve, to kind of let Avalanche fans here in Denver just kind of know what he does for the NHL and a lot of these events that 
you guys have watched, like I said, the all-star games and all that. And we'll even touch on some of the outdoor games uh, that the Avalanche have, you know, taken apart in at Air Force Academy, even the Lake Tahoe one. But first, we're going to get into that NHL quest for the Stanley Cup docuseries. So this has been going on, I believe, for seven seasons now. And uh, it's going to actually begin tomorrow with the quest begins. It's going to be a first-round recap that premieres on May 20th, 4 p.m. Mountain Time, 6 p.m. Eastern on NHL Network. And I kind of wanted to touch on that first. So obviously this is going to be looking at all of the eight rounds in the playoffs. And I kind of wanted to touch on the Avalanche specifically with you, Steve. So this is a young up-and-coming team. Well, they were a young up-and-coming team, and now they're ultimately... Yeah, yeah. no one, no no longer... Yeah, Yeah, so (laughs) they've been a part of this 2019, 2021, 22. So you have seen that up-and-coming trend from the Avalanche since 2019. 100%. And, uh, you know, they started in 2019. They were the eighth seed, and they they beat the Calgary Flames in five games and took San Jose to seven. And now they're one of the NHL's powerhouses. And I kind of want to touch on two groups of players here. The first one is the young, you know, the the, the, the big talent of this team. You got Kale McCarr, Nathan McKinnon, Miko Ranton, and Gabriel Landeskog. I just want to touch on what you've seen from the personalities of these guys behind the scenes in these shows and what fans can expect from this Quest Begins episode that begins tomorrow on May 20th. Well, listen, your team has clearly established themselves as, you know, one of, if not the premier team in the NHL. Um, You know, and to your point, you know, one of the coolest things about this show that we produce is watching how the team has evolved, you know, and, and we've done the show now a bunch of years with, ESPN Plus, and and for your fans, if you ever want to go back in time to see those those moments that you just talked about, you know you could do that as well. You know, but there's such great personalities, and and now you're establishing a group that you just mentioned of players that you know really become the superstars of your team and and frankly of the league. Um, you know, with great sort of personalities and a welcoming touch to them um you know i remember going even during the pandemic uh gabe letting us into his world and getting to meet his his baby and his wife and and so always been so open and you know and very welcoming you know cal has has a super personality and obviously has become one of the premier players in the entire league. You know, Nathan is a little more all business, but obviously, you know, our cameramen who are the best in the business, unbelievable. And shooting hockey is an art. It's not simple for the fans out there. The puck is moving so quickly, changing direction. We're on ice, but our cameramen, oh my God, do they love to, to be able to shoot video of Nathan McKinnon, just the speed and a sheer desire, the way he moves up and down the ice. I mean, it's art and they're there to capture that. And, you know, these guys are uh, amazing and, and watching them on the ice and the way and the style of the avalanche, you know, we hope we capture it. And, and, and we also just, again, hope we capture that passion that they have to win a cup, you know, and every single year, you know, you learn from whatever happened the year before. And, you know, you guys have not gotten to that promised land yet, but, you know, we've watched the team grow in front of our eyes and get more mature, get more experience. And that's what we're here to document, you know, and, you know, so far is, you know, through the first round and, you know, through this, this second round, you know, I think things are going pretty well in Colorado. So, you know, we'll be there all throughout the playoffs. Um, uh, if you have never seen the show, I, I think it's extremely unique. I, I'm a huge sports fan, and I don't think there's ever been a show that is taking you this in-depth into a championship run. You know, you're going for the ultimate prize, and we're giving our fans access behind the scenes, on the ice, at people's homes, on planes, in cars. And because protocols are now not the same, we're able to do so much more with this particular show. Uh, it's, it's 
cool to watch. You get to learn about our players a little more. You get to go into locker rooms and see places that you would never see as a fan. I, you know, I just think that's super cool, and it and it, it makes for a great show. I think the uh, the other group of talent that I kind of want to discuss here, and I'm not by any means taken away from their on ice skill and and what they bring to this Avalanche team. I've been covering this team. This is my third season, and I've been watching them for a lot longer because, you know, it, it, to to be in this position, to be in this job, similar to you, I am a hockey fan, and I have watched this team grow, but. It's the personalities. So some of the more intriguing personalities I've personally kind of seen aside from Gabe Landeskogan and Kale and Nathan is guys like Nazem Kadri, guys like Eric Johnson, and now getting to know a new personality on the team in Josh Manson. What could you say about guys like that, the more intriguing, the funner, the fun personalities and just kind of what those guys bring to a show like like what you guys are doing here? Well, you know, you know what? You, you bring up a great point. You know, every team has their superstar players and award winners and, and uh, frankly, players that, you know, other fans, not only of the Avalanche, but of the Blues and of the Panthers and Lightning, they will, they'll know those players. You know, and then there's the other players that, you know, obviously on the ice get the job done, but they have these great personalities, to your point. And, you know, they sometimes emerge as the stars of these type shows. You know, it, it's funny. I, the coaches have always, you know, come out as as stars. I don't. You know, oh, we're we're gonna get to much, the coaches. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and but but the player, there's always a few players that, you know, one are willing to to do this. And I will tell you, not every player, especially in the NHL, is that willing. You know, some players are much more guarded. Uh, we do come from a sport that, you know, team trumps individual. Uh, but then you've got the cadres of the world and the man. The man you've got these guys who have really great personalities. I have to admit, I, I didn't know much about Josh until, you know, after Neither did I. the game wouldn't go. You know, I watched all his interviews. What, what a cool guy. What great personality. He'll be in the show. You know, and I loved his energy, and I, you know, I, and and these are the kind of shows that expose, you know, that side of a player as well. Um, you know, and and those those moments, and and for us at the league, you know, establishing those personalities, whether the the star star players or the star players, you know, that's cool. That's what these shows are meant to do. You know, you, you want to start loving a team, if even if it's not your own team. And many times you like those teams because you like those players and you like what they, they're about. And, and these shows need to have these nuggets that are memorable that our fans take from them so that when they watch – a, a Colorado Avalanche game, they go, oh, Kadri, I remember him. I saw him on Quest for the Stanley Cup. He's really cool. That's where we win as a league, and that's where some of the players, I think, win because it helps build their brand a bit and gets their personality out there. Josh Manson, we got to know him and his personality here in Denver. The Avalanche traded for him. They were on the road. And then their first day back in Denver and they were practicing, I asked him, you know, we were getting to know him and kind of realizing just how great a personality. And like you said, if you go back and watch his interviews, just an excellent interview, just wonderful, very, very well thought out quotes. And and quite frankly, he's entertaining. And in the end, you know, sports are the entertainment business. And, and to have personalities like that is exceptional, especially in a series like this. But uh when we spoke to him that first time, I asked him about watching Kale McCarr up front or, uh, you know, having an in de- an in-depth look right there from the bench of Kale McCarr and what he does every single day. And he said, you know, I caught myself every time Kale comes off the ice. I'm like, hey, good play. Hey, great play. Hey, wonderful job. Hey, great play. And he's like, it got to the point where I had to start to pick and choose when I say good play to him because every time he comes off the ice, it's an exceptional showing. So he was just an excellent, excellent interview from that first day. And I think having him on the show and seeing him score that first goal. And to be honest with you, you know, I, I, I'm a journalist. I sit in the press box and I'm impartial. But when I saw Josh Manson score that goal, I looked at the reporter next to me and I said, I'm so glad it was him because that means we get to talk to him now. And, and talking to yeah. Josh is, is a great time. Yeah, no, I, I loved his energy. Some of the things he said too about him coming into this team 
and, and quickly understanding how much it was what we talked about a little earlier about the experiences that they've gone through the last few years have, have continued to sort of build them and want them to win even more. I thought that was pretty revealing and, and pretty open. And, you know, I, 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 listen, I thought, I thought he, um, obviously is, is that kind of guy that, you know, maybe fans don't know that much about, but you, you start hearing him and you really are going to like him. He's a likable, likable guy. And then, you know, the next time, again, the avalanche are on, you're going to look out for that guy on the ice. You're going to, you're going to say, I remember that. Or I watched his interview and here's what he said. I, those are, those are the, the ways that we keep on growing as a league. You want, you want people around the league to know players from other teams and not just their own. And these are the kind of shows that just do that and do it really well. Yeah, so I want to kind of take it from there and touch on something you touched on earlier, and it's the coaching aspect. To give, obviously, yeah. the fans who have, who have been around for, for pretty much a decade now, it was a decade ago, but the first HBO Winter Classic event that you guys did, the behind-the-scenes look of the two teams partaking, I believe it was Washington and Pittsburgh, and we saw Bruce Boudreaux kind of take center stage with his uh, F-bomb rant there. and. Just, yeah. just un, unreal. Just watching the players just watch him as if it was a very normal thing. And then we've seen Randy Carlisle and the toaster with the Toronto Maple Leafs. We've seen Laviolette and his fired up energy coaching, you know, personalities like Breeze Galov. And I believe Yermer Yager was on that team. Yeah, uh, yeah. And then we've seen, you know, guys like Mike Babcock, who has openly screamed at camera meant to get the heck out of his locker room. Just Tell me about the coaching aspect of this, how uh, how it is to work with those personalities. And then from there, we'll, we'll, we'll even talk about the guy in Denver. But just tell me about the experience of working with coaches. So so it's funny because uh, the first show, and you mentioned it, Road to Winter Classic, um, I, I watched as a fan. I was not at the NHL. And I just thought it was awesome. And Bruce Boudreaux was was the great character that you dream of on <laughs> yeah. shows like this. You know, it's just absolutely perfect. But it was also shocking. You know, like again, everybody knows their salty language in sports, but I don't think they knew to that level. And by the way, you know, salty language, but humorous and funny, and you know, just just a wit about him. But yet, you know. He was perfect, and that show was perfect. And, you know, and it's an honor to now be on the other side where, you know, I'm actually on the producing team and, you know, we're doing this. I will say this, when it comes to coaching and when it comes to just access, I think one of the keys to our success has been trust. Um, You know, I would say, you know, I came in year four, um, of this sort of series of, of shows. Um, most everybody ha- have been there from the beginning that are on our team. Uh, many of them y- used to work, you know, freelance, and now they really work with, with us on all these shows. There is a trust factor that, you know, you gotta you got to consider here, and that's the reason we get access. That's the reason why the coaches are welcoming and we go in locker rooms and we get them to sort of open up and we put mics on players and coaches. You know, they, they trust that we're, we're around and we want to show the league in, in the most positive way and we want to give our fans, you know, that access that they deserve. And I think the coaches have all bought in. And, and, and as we all know, whether – you've been at a team for 10 years or you've moved around a bit, you know, um, it is the sort of fraternity that also talks to some of the new coaches and says, by the way, this is super cool. Like, don't worry. You know, they are, they are here to show you guys off in a positive light. And yeah, there's moments where things get heated and there's conversations that sometimes do make the show, but it also just shows, you know, how these coaches operate and how incredibly effective they are and how they kind of get their team to come together at the right time of year, the Stanley Cup playoffs. And, you know, I, I think they certainly, um, you know, every year become the stars of these shows. They 100% do. And, uh, you know, I've seen some 
great, you know, looks of John Cooper here in the last couple of years, but I wanted to touch on the guy in Denver, Jared Bednar. I've been uh, sure. just, just an absolute treat of a human being to work with, um, to see him, the way he treats media, the way he treats his players, the respect the players have for him. Uh, and the fact that you can't ask him a question without him going in depth. And we've seen Jared over the years, especially recently, he tries to do the thing and not in like a disrespectful way, but he tries to do the thing where he gives short one or two word answers and then he'll pause for three seconds and then he'll still go in depth because he remembers just how thoughtful and how respectful of a human he is that he feels like he's almost disrespecting you when he only gives you two words. So tell me a little bit about what you've learned seeing Jared Bednar here now, like you said, four years in a row now, the Avalanche have been in the show. Just tell me what you've seen about the growth and development and the up and coming coach that the Avalanche have that's now obviously coaching this powerhouse team. Yeah, no, I, I think you you absolutely see how comfortable and how much of a team the Colorado Avalanche have become, you know, and, and what a great leader he is. Um, again, firsthand in the bubble, you know, we were right there, and we we're all living together, and just a, a good person, a great guy, and 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 also on shows like this, you know, to your point, thoughtful, and you know, you listen to him in the in a locker room, and he he's got such command of that room, um, and uh, and he's got respect from his players, and and you know, I I only hope, you know, with, with all these shows, you know. Certain people are a certain way, and you only hope in a short period of time. Cause you don't have all day, and remember, in the first few rounds, especially, you know, now that we're you know doing the show starting in the first round, you know, you got to break it up. Like it's not the Colorado Avalanche quest for the Stanley Cup. It's sixteen teams down to eight, down to four, down to two. Um, so you hope you give the right amount of time. And when you do give that time, you hope you're representing a person, a team, the right way. You know, And I, I don't think you can go wrong with, with your team, the personalities, the coach. Just everything about the organization, it's, it's so first rate. And you know, it's, it's up to us to kind of make sure that that is the way the fans perceive it as well. Um, and I don't think it's really hard to do. Uh, I mean, it just it just seems very natural. Um, yeah, you know, great coach, great personalities. Uh, yeah, it, 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 let's see how far this run goes. But I do feel like the Colorado Avalanche have a very good chance to be sort of the stars um, of this year's quest for the Stanley Cup. Uh, that's what a lot of people here are hoping for, especially after the heartbreak they've seen the last couple of years. And, you know, I don't want to call 2019 a heartbreak because they probably shouldn't have made it that far. But that was the year that this team took notice around the league. A couple of the other things that I want to touch on here just really quickly. And, you know, first of all, I really appreciate the time you've given me. Uh, and, you know, given the Avalanche fans here in Denver and, and you know, I'm, I think they're going to really, truly, genuinely enjoy this is you were a part of two of the events that the Avalanche have taken part in. They hosted one of them, and then they were on the road for one of them. And the first one I want to talk about is the Air Force Academy game against the Los Angeles Kings. It's almost surreal to talk about that event, given the fact that it was just a couple weeks before the entire world shut down. I was there covering the event with media. Uh, there was a little bit of traffic issues, and I know fans always <laughs> kind of want to touch on that. And yeah, I. And I the only reason why I'm bringing it up is because I know, yeah, if I publish this without bringing it up, all I'm going to hear about is that. So I'm very much aware of that aspect of it. But other than that, just what was that event like for you to see what, what, what the avalanche and the LA Kings were able to put on that day? Yeah, no, I, again, when you really think about it, first of all, it feels like years and years ago. Um, and so much has happened since then. Uh, yeah, the timing, which we obviously didn't know that day, uh, pretty surreal. Um, and yes, there were issues that day that, you know, when you put on these events and you, you try so hard to make them so perfect, mm -hmm. everything about them, and then there are aspects of, of an event that, whether they're in your control or, or not in your control, that, you know, sometimes, you know, affect people's perception you know, I, you know, and, and unfortunately, 
accidents and so much that day in terms of the traffic. But when you when you look at what we did in terms of you know in the stadium, you know I, I thought that was one of our more spectacular events. Uh, the backdrop of the Air Force Academy and the pop and the circumstances and the flyovers and 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 some of the things that we we you know we had at that game and then you know outstanding game to boot. Um, you know, it was a pretty memorable one for us, and in terms of the way the field looked, and and some of the things that we we wanted and set out to do to to honor you know one segment of our military. Um, you know, that was a cool event, and I know you're going to now also ask about Tahoe, which you know really did come about because of the circumstances. So you go from having this stadium filled with people. And then all of a sudden, oh no, we're now shut down. And then after the bubble, we we sort of and you know during that first year, we started getting creative about all right, well, what could we do that would be fun and unique? Uh, and and you know we always wanted to, and, and believe me, still to this day, you know, think, are, are always thinking of unique ideas and something a little different. But you know, with no fans able to attend, it was the perfect opportunity to do a game in a cool, unique space. And, you know, we did a lot of searching and, you know, we landed on Tahoe. Um, and, you know, again, things that sometimes are out of your control and, and many people say, well, why did you even think about doing a game during the day? But yeah, and we had some sun issues, but I, I will say, I mean, the most spectacular setting, um, it was unbelievable, um, you know, and we produced a lot of events and this one did have a delay, but we got the event in and we got it in, in, in all different degrees of the day in the middle of sunshine when the sun was setting and at night. So it, it had three sort of parts to it. And, you know, I, I just thought it, it was spectacular looking. And the, I think our players thought it was just so cool to be doing something in the middle of a pandemic that was as unique as that, you know, Baseball has since copied us. I want to go on record as they copied <laughs> us after we did it first. Uh, but no, it was a cool experience. And, and again, it goes back, like, your organization is just incredible to deal with. Um, you know, Joe Sackick is just awesome. You come to him with an idea like, we want to play a game in Tahoe, and within 30 seconds, we're in. You know, it's he gets it and you know everybody in your organization thinks big and 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 they came along for both rides the one that we did in air force academy outdoors and the one in tahoe and and all they do is try to make the event even better by you know, like working with us as, as not only the team playing but the partners in the game and you know we appreciate it at the league that you know if we if we do get to the final, you know the league really gets involved in the Stanley Cup final. But we can't wait if we were to work with the Colorado Avalanche organization. It's first class, and 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 the games that we do, the special events that we do, just sort of you know give you like every reason to want to do more. Um, and so those are really cool events, great events. We love doing them. Um, and we were happy that the Avalanche participated in, in both. I'm a firm believer that uh, you, in a position that you're in and, and, and just the NHL in general, you need to try things, and uh, not everything's going to succeed. Not everything's going to be, well, I don't want to say succeed because all of these events have succeeded. Not everything's going to be perfect, and I am not one to bash the six-hour delay or whatever it was that ended up being uh, for the Avalanche Vegas game. Uh, kind of a surreal thing, seeing players kind of tripping over wherever there was like a blue line or a red line because of the sunshine. It was very fascinating to watch that. I mean, I've never, uh, I've never left a hockey game to, to to get a workout in while covering a hockey game during the intermission because of how how long that break was. But uh, I'm a firm believer that the 
the more you try things, the better you are as an organization and as a league. And I and, and I, I applaud the NHL and I applaud what you guys did there in Tahoe. I think the coolest thing for me, like you said, was seeing all aspects of the day. I personally loved the nighttime aspect of the game. Me personally, like my my, my, my own personal uh, hobby is to go on runs. And I am a runner after sunset because of the peacefulness of the night where it's nothing but, you know, me and my running, I'm kind of in my zone. And watching that Avalanche Vegas game on Lake Tahoe, when they came back for the second period, it's nighttime, the lights, the atmosphere, you see and hear nothing but hockey, no cars, no fans, no nothing but the sounds of skates, sticks, pucks, boards, and then the whistle blowing of, of, of a ref. And I just thought it was such a fascinating and surreal thing to watch, seeing that Nathan McKinnon goal where he had that burst of speed on Petrangelo and hearing his skates. Like, you can literally hear his skates cutting through the ice and then the shot going in. It's It was truly one of the coolest things I've seen. Again, once-in-a-lifetime experience, hopefully, to have to do events like that under the circumstances that they were under. But But to see the NHL pull something off like that, like, I have all the respect in the world for what you guys did for that Lake Tahoe event. Well, well, thank you, and that's very kind of you. And listen, that is our thought process um, as well. Like, you know, you you got to try things. You just got to you got to throw a few things against the wall and hope that they stick. And you got to be okay. Not everything is going to go one hundred percent perfect, but um, you know, if you don't try, you'll never know. And you know, we were really proud of that event, and and still are very proud of that event. Like that was, that was thinking out of the box, you know, circumstantial because of the time of when we put it on and, and why we put it on. But, you know, it took a lot of work. You know, that's the other thing, doing things during the pandemic, it's just nothing was simple, nothing. And, you know, I, I, we, we were able to get a, a very small group of people together to sort of build out this, this stadium of, you know, and, and do it in the, you know, again, really horrible conditions with the world faced with COVID and, and, you know, everybody said, let's go, let's do it. And, and we did, and we, you know, yeah, again, a couple of delays, but at the same time, the final product and the pictures, when you look back today and look at a picture of that environment, it is so it is as cool as it gets. Yeah, I know. It was just amazing. And again, you know, all of these chalk up to, you know, just great memories in, in a horrible time. But, you know, you'll look back and you go, wow, that was different and, and unique. And we did it because of those times. So, you know, I think they sort of will always be part of our timeline moving forward. And and I don't also think, you know, it proved that, hey, maybe we will do this again. Um, maybe, you know, but, but we're so excited about the fans being back in buildings now and the energy. You know, I, I think we're putting all those things on pause. But eventually when we get back into this regular routine, you know, where would we do a game next? You know, it's, it's definitely something we, we'd want to consider and definitely something that, you know, we'll look at in the future. And I think, you know, I'm speaking on behalf of myself and a lot of the fans here in Denver will be will be watching. We're, we're so excited to see what the NHL has in store uh, for these kinds of events. But first, I'm super pumped for the docuseries. Uh, I think it's really great to see where the NHL has gone with the TV rights deal now with ESPN knowing that it's a lot more common for the average NHL fan and hockey fan to be a subscriber of ESPN Plus to be able to watch this in the U.S. Uh, every Friday starting the 27th, 2 p.m. Eastern time, so that's 12 p.m. local here in Denver, Colorado. Uh, Steve, I was promised 30 minutes of your time, and we're creeping up on almost an hour now, and I really do appreciate it. Um, but thank you for taking the time. This has been great. I'm super pumped to watch that show tomorrow. I, you know, I've been a, I've been a fair weather follower of this show for the last four or five years now and I catch it when I can, but you know, talking to you now and kind of seeing what goes on behind the scenes, I, I'm not going to miss a minute of this and I'm super excited for it. Well, I really enjoyed this conversation and I'm happy it went longer than a half hour. It was, it was well worth the time. Uh, I hope that, you know, for all the Colorado fans that, you know, our cameras are focused on you for a while now as you make your quest for the Stanley Cup. 
it'll be really interesting to document this this upcoming run. And, you know, again, thanks. Great questions. Really enjoyed our conversation. Of course, and uh, hope to meet you down the line in New York and Denver, somewhere in, in, in this crazy little hockey world. So uh, thanks again, Steve, for this. Uh, I enjoyed it, and uh, we'll have this up for our fans here very shortly. And uh, thank you again, and I hope you enjoy the rest of the playoffs here and the rest of these Avalanche games. No, thanks a lot. I appreciate it. All righty, Steve. Have a good day. You too. All right, bye now. Bye-bye. That was Steve Mayer of the NHL. Just an exceptional conversation. Uh, just a little behind the scenes on that. The NHL reached out to myself and JJ Jerez of, uh, you know, my co-host here at the podcast to, to put on this show with Steve Mayer because they wanted to highlight the fact that the Avalanche, like he said, don't call him an up-and-coming team. That's kind of disrespectful at this point. We wanted to highlight just how great this team is and and – and uh, I think the NHL is very much aware, not to jinx anything, that the Avalanche are probably going to be a common, uh, let's call it a common guest in this show and might might be on a lot of these episodes here this year, just given the way that they've played so far. So I really, really just want to send a massive thank you to Steve Mayer, uh, to Nerva Millard, who works at the NHL and got this set up for me uh, and, and for our show here with myself and JJ, who wasn't able to make it. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this. We're going to have a post-game podcast after game two here at Ball Arena. If you guys are listening before the game, if you're listening after the game, you already know that the Avalanche probably have a 2 nothing series lead. We will see. But also, I just wanted to say thanks to all of our listeners. You guys have been absolutely crushing it uh, with following along with us. You know, we, we brought on Peter Baugh, the Athletic, and it's been just so great to see the growth that this show has taken over the last couple seasons. Uh, I'm talking like it's coming to an end. It's absolutely not. This is still the beginning of what JJ, myself, Peter Baugh, Patrick Stedman, our producer, Nate Lundy at Mile High Sports. This is just the beginning of what we have planned. And uh, it's all thanks to you, the listeners, uh, the readers. Keep the comments coming. Keep the tweets coming. Uh, I'd love to meet some of you at Ball Arena soon. So please tweet me, DM me. My DMs are always open. Love love, love the listeners. Love the fans. Love the readers. Um, and I love this job and I love what we do here. So Last thing I'll ask is to leave a review if you haven't already on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen, Google Podcasts, things like that. And then I'm going to go ahead and close the show off the way that J.J. Jerez always does for us. If you made it this far in the episode, bless your bless. Ooh, let's try that again. Sorry, J.J. If you made it this far in the episode, bless your pretty little hearts. Let's make hockey for everyone. And we out you.